0: good morning and welcome to osw daily what a day we have in store today and i am so happy to have guest 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 this is the guy who started everything with this mike petresky uh from iOffice. but uh, what are we going to talk to mike about today uh today we're going to talk about a number of things but this is your first time coming across the channel thank you for coming thank you for joining thank you for uh uh yeah coming and hopefully you find something from this if there's if there's something you like please do uh Hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell if you have any questions for mike or myself please feel free to drop those in the comments whether you're on youtube facebook twitter wherever you are they all come through and we will get to see them so please do do those things Uh, i do also encourage you to check out opensourceworkplace.com so please do go check it out Um, and uh, you've got a lot of of content there so what are we going to talk to mike about today so wearing clothes while working from home how we feel productive readiness to return to the office and what positives do you think COVID-19 pandemic can actually have on the workplace long term? But more importantly, I just want to say a big thank you and a big welcome to our guest, Mr. Mike Petreski Mike, how are you doing, sir? Good to see you, man. <laughs> yep. yep. Yep.
1: I'm back, Steve. I'm back. Yeah, Cheers. You are.
0: Yeah, you are. It's how are you, my friend? You. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really, really good. It's uh, You know, it's, it's, it's really good to see you um uh, i'm sure you've seen the media headlines i'm sure you've seen the social media uh conversations that have been going on since uh since since you you left the show people think we've had a breakup uh people think we're we're not talking anymore but <laughs> I, I need you to put the record straight here man i need you to put the record straight
1: <laughs> it's all true it's all it's true all folks true. <laughs> i can't stand this guy no 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 i am so pleased to see you again steve it was all my fault. I can't continue at this level of incredible content creation. You are a machine and I just don't have the stamina for it. So something had to give, but uh, I'm glad I was able to come back as a guest. Don't call it a comeback, Steve, as the great LL Cool J once said, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years.
0: Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. And you will be here for years. You've been
1: doing great. I've been watching. No, I've been you. watching, and uh, great guests, great conversation. The workplace, never-ending uh, topics to discuss during right, our pandemic ends. life. It's,
0: it's it's the beautiful thing about it. Every day, people, you know, you think about. Well, we go back. We started this in March, right? OSW Daily, We started it back in March, and we were like, well, what are yeah. we going to talk about every day? And it's just like, you know, the situation just keeps changing, evolving, and we have the ability then to sort of keep going. And uh, but uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, we haven't seen you in a little while, Mike. I know you're busy. You know, you obviously have your Workplace Innovator podcast. You have your Asset Champion podcast that you're doing now. I know you're doing a lot of more things internally at iOffice. So, I mean, how's everything going with you?
1: Are we going to talk about my digital wall and hitting hitting the uh, digital wall? Listen, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've found a balance in life. I think I've been able to strike a little bit of a balance. It's not perfect. Every day is an adventure. Some days are good. Some days are better and some days you know it's okay if you don't have a perfect day every day optimism as simon sinek told me is not about being positive all the time it's about being optimistic meaning that knowing that we're going to get through this is a challenging time for all of us we're going to get through there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you don't have to mean that doesn't mean you have to be positive every day i have some not so positive moments some not so positive days but Overall I think I've been able to put up some guardrails, turn off the computer, turn off the digital world, the virtual existence for a little while and go outside and see the now beautiful this October time of year here in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic where I am, Steve, it's beautiful, right? Leaves are changing colors. U2 is playing in the background, October and the leaves are stripped are the trees are stripped bare of all they wear what do i care october it's its like my favorite album from so you too so it's a great go. time of year
0: there you go man no, I, see i miss this man i miss it i'm just smiling all the time <laughs> it's not to say my other guys don't make me smile they do obviously but uh, there is uh, something in net with you that just brings that out of me and i and i don't believe people ever think for one second that uh, dj mike is ever done they always think he is always upbeat because that's uh, that's who you are man
1: well, again, I, I want people to know the authentic me and know that it, you can't possibly be this way all the time. When that light goes on, sure, I'm I'm in the spotlight. I have to put the energy forward, but but hey, we're all in this together, folks. If you're struggling, I am too. Reach out. We all have things in common. We can get through. Steve, I want to ask you. It's I, I the minute we stop doing these daily conversations, of course, things would come up, and I want to ask you about them. And you know. I just didn't have yep. that outlet. I didn't have the opportunity. But shortly after we stopped working together on this, you actually were on vacation for a while, and then I came. You came back, and I didn't. But it was around that time there was a lot of conversation about your hometown there in New York City, and is it dead? James Altucher. did you read his article on LinkedIn? And then Jerry Seinfeld's response about New York City is dead. No, it's not. It'll never die. You live there. You've you've experienced. You know, life in New York City for a long time, and now you're living through the pandemic. Have you been downtown? Do you do you go down at all to see the Nasdaq offices or wherever, and and just kind of look around and think this is not the same New York?
0: Um, I do remember having that conversation with you, and I did have a number of conversations with people um, on that very topic. Uh, those who live in New York, who have locations and manage offices in New York, businesses who are headquartered in New York, and it was a it was a big conversation. I think the conclusion is New York has proved itself time and time again that it always keeps going. It never stops, right? It is that city. Um, yes, there are times today when we look at the city and we go, "Huh, oh, maybe, maybe not. But New York will always be New York. It will always attract talent. It will always attract big organizations. Um, and I think people will always want to be there. Now, have I been to the city? I have not. I do want to go, but at the same time, I don't want to go. Um, my mindset hasn't really changed from when we used to talk about this on a regular basis. Um, I do look at it, and I do think, should I go in, should I not go in? But I just uh, I just don't want to risk the, the commute. People have asked me, well, why don't you drive? I said, yeah, I could drive. The drive may take me 90 minutes to two hours to get in and home again. So that's four hours of my day. Is that the most productive way for me to spend my time? Um, and I, I know at some point I will go in. Um, I suspect... I would likely go in on a weekend where I suspect it's going to be a little quieter, like a Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, where I can zip into the city, take a quick scooter ride, maybe get my bike out and cycle around the city just to see what, see what really is going on. Because I think you get a very different view whenever you're on your bike. And then drop into the offices because uh, it's, it's hard to remember what the office looked like. Um, it's hard to remember what it felt like to be in an office. Um, and as we sort of think about it, it's been seven months what's it going to feel like in another three months, four months, five months, six months, 12 months? What's that going to feel like? And, um, you know, you and I f- first started doing this in March and we talked about, well, when do you think people go back to the office? When do you think things go back to normal? You know? And, uh, I think what we're realizing is, it is going to be a while, but I think m- most organizations, most people have, you know, sort of adjusted and sort of, uh, uh developed new ways of work and created new um habits um sure. and uh, sure. i think that's what's going to come through you know but uh, no i appreciate the question man it's uh it's good so i mean i mean and you're you're obviously well connected in the fm world and you're well connected in many 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 different uh, networks are you is, is that sort of the things that you're hearing and, and whenever you think of new york city but it's not just new york city It's it's san francisco right it's it's London, it's Boston, it's Chicago. It's a lot of big cities who, who are going through the same thing.
1: It is. It is. And I do hear the same thing. You speak for a lot of people in your hesitation to want to return and the recognition that, yeah, I can be productive at home. But again, to cut to the t- chase, the bottom line for me is how sustainable is this over what period of time and w- what has to give at some point, whether we get to the other side of a vaccine And we get to the, uh, you know, it's funny how we used to talk in the early days of this OSW daily about, you know, the treatments and the the science and the data coming in about case counts and, you know, potential solutions. It seems like we've all settled into an understanding of that we live, we're going to live with COVID-19 for the indefinite future. So therefore, my shift, my mind shift has been one to say, how can we, manage this sustainably you know with obviously our businesses in mind but but our health and safety top of that and then also blending the two and coming up with a a sustainable uh, workplace and life you Mm -hmm. know scenario where we can continue to uh to keep ourselves going and sustain ourselves and sustain our businesses and sustain our our society and our economy. So, I know I'm going to have you on my show later today, at noon Eastern, on the Workplace Innovator live stream, and I'll ask you a lot of questions. Then I didn't mean to derail your agenda. No, this no, no I know you fine, have questions man. for me, so oh, okay. uh, we'll talk more about it. But, but <laughs> I think um, you do speak for a lot of people, and and yeah, I think it's uh, and ever, it's not a solvable problem in the sense that there's no one solution. It's more of a an evolution of our thinking and our. Um, understanding of what's best for each individual depending on their level of vulnerability and what makes them not just productive in the sense of you know outputs you know I could do a lot of things each day I knew that I could crank out a lot of podcasts or you could crank out a lot of videos we could do a lot of uh, work from home productively and at the end of the day you can count all that stuff we did but what is the outcome we're looking for as an organization as a society as people the outcomes need to be aligned with our bigger mission and uh, a sustainable one. So we'll we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, no, no, I like, I like the way you said that outcomes. Right, there seems to be a lot of shift towards actually focus on the outcomes. What are the outcomes that we want to deliver? You know, we talk about productivity, we talk about the various inputs, but that what what are those outcomes and what are those things that we're shooting for? But uh, you know, when I was you know when we we're talking about the topics to talk about today, and uh, I sort of. Thought, thought I'd get things that are in your wheelhouse. The first one I'm going to pull up, which I think is kind of kind of interesting um, for for you and I. So yeah. uh, 80% of those working from home feel more productive when they're dressed up. So here's you, you know, in your shirt with your coffee, nice. Here's me casually dressed. I'm, I guess you're in your work attire. I don't know if this is called gym attire, but in essence you're going to be more productive according to a study uh, <laughs> because you're wearing a shirt and I'm going to be less productive because I'm wearing, you know, a little T-shirt. What what do you think about that? How do you think?
1: Well, as David Letterman once said, I'm not wearing pants. No, that's (laughs) not true. I I am always (laughs) wearing pants, but they're comfortable pants. And uh, the question should have been asked, you know, what is your wardrobe from the waist up on this survey? And I think that's kind of funny. I'll tell you what, I've been a remote worker for a long time. I've been one to experience life a lot more than these last seven months uh, as in a virtual sense. But it, it is different now. It With everyone working from home, the expectations are different, the camera's on, time is different. I used to have that choice. It used to be like, hey, I don't have my camera on because I didn't shower that day. And sometimes I, I wouldn't shower. I'd have a baseball cap on. I knew I'd be sitting doing a lot of head down work, just working on a podcast or whatever. So I just wouldn't put this uh, hair into place and I would just put a baseball cap on. So therefore when my bosses would call a conference call, even if it was over Zoom, the camera was off. I didn't worry about it. I think the change in our cultures in March, in April, and May, and into where we are today, a lot of expectation is you're going to be either in scheduled meetings or into an pr- impromptu meeting. You better be dressed. You better look like you're ready to talk about it. And that can mean different things for different people. And I don't think it's necessary to wear a collared shirt and, and look like you would if you walked into an office. But I think to the researcher's point, and I don't know how we talked about the article there, or the article talks about the fact that it's research in a sense from a company that wants to sell you coupons to buy clothes, which again, you've always told me this great wise person named Stephen <laughs> Todd once told me what's the question behind the question. And And I always think about that when I see any type of survey results. And in this case, wardrobe, it was a talk about conversation about buying, you know, being more productive when you're wearing business attire. I, I buy into it to the sense that, yes, when I'm showered and dressed and ready for my day, even if I don't have a planned agenda uh, with a lot of online meetings, I just feel more engaged with the work I'm doing. And again, that's that's a personality thing. It's not necessary for success. And I don't think there should be any hard and fast rules about a dress code. But at the same time, just to, in practical terms, if if you want to get your your uh, day off to a good start and, and be in a mindset of work and productivity, why not shower? Why not get dressed and, and, and feel the part. And again, that, that part, even in our offices was changing, the the corporate cultures mm-hmm. were changing about what, you know, suits and ties versus just uh, shirts like this or what have you khaki pants. So it, it does, it does matter. I think people should be comfortable from the waist down though, with those cameras on, it's okay. <laughs> Whatever you're wearing. I
0: actually, yeah, I actually saw um, another companies actually started uh, selling uh, from the waist down clothes for people who are working from home. So in other words, is there, is there more comfortable clothes you can be wearing from the waist down whenever you're working from home because of just all those reasons you, you articulate? So it just shows you with these, there's always opportunities. And there's always new markets out there. But I do find that fascinating. And, and, and you know, I, I always... I, when I went to the office, right, I was always known I would be shirt, tie, jacket all the time, continually, and I'd never take it off. And people would people would often come up and ask me, says, "Why don't you take your jacket off?" I says, "I don't know. I just feel like just I feel like that way I'm dressed, dressed for work, and that's what I'm there to do." Um, I've almost created the same type of thing at home where I always wear a dark t-shirt, be a polo shirt, be a t-shirt, whatever that is, and that's just what I do. And some of it is just brain fatigue. I don't want to spend too much time thinking about oh when did it when, when what color shirt did i wear yesterday or whatever that was just like <laughs> right. okay it's just, whatever's next in line come on art you come you know so uh it's steve jobs did yeah. awesome. <clears throat> you is, didn't ever exactly. see steve jobs
1: jeans and a black t-shirt was always his uniform always so it is a personal always. brand thing right Steve? So if i tell you what let me let me kind of address that and i know we have limited time but but the idea of do you have a a mandate from your organization. There's none. None that's come through from mine. I think it's an individual choice. But I, I think what should come through, and and maybe hasn't, is some protocols around permission to maybe not have the camera on for every meeting. Is that something that you feel has been expressed, communicated? You know, have parameters been laid out that it's okay to have your camera off at certain times, you must have it on at other times. I think there's an expectation unless it's expressly you know, given that in my world anyway, to keep the camera on. And I'm not sure that's the most optimistic scenario.
0: Yeah, there's been no um, definitive direction on when your camera's on or when your camera's off. I think if people want to have their camera off, there's there's no issue. It does feel a little weird if you're on a, a two or three person call and there's two people on video and one's not, that feels awkward uh, a little bit. Um, and I think whenever you get to that situation, then other people will turn their camera off just to be consistent so everyone feels the same as in the same place. Mm-hmm. But no no, no definitive. But I, I do know that some people do whenever, like, for example, during town halls, during larger meetings with our large groups uh, where maybe you're more in a listening mode rather than a participating mode, then a lot of people will turn their cameras off. I certainly turn my camera off at that point. I usually I actually use those opportunities to go for a walk, get some air, um, and listen to town halls, etc., like that as well. So there is a lot of yep. things like that, but no, not nothing definitive. But I, I think it's. I think more. I have heard many companies have given permission and have expressed, um, you know, that guidance. You
1: know, well, it's so. good. I think they should because I think that the void is often filled with worry and concern if you don't know for sure what the rules are the fact that you're given permission to make the best choice for you, depending on your situation and the scenario is one that would be to me, the, the ideal. And and that'll lead into other conversations here. We're going to have about, is it the employer dictating things about our remote work life and the future e- experience in the office? Or is it the individual making those choices?
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's, let's, Let's flip to uh, another piece of content. And this was uh, something that was created for our, our center, published by uh, John Oren, the CEO of Serendipity Labs, where he surveyed his uh, customer base. Obviously, those are folks who come into their, um, to their co-working studios um, and space. And, and what, what is their appetite to, how do they feel about coming back? When are they ready to come back? And I think what, the, and this is a comparison between June and October, and I think what we're seeing and what, what is being presented here is we're getting ready. People want to come back um, and uh, some people are more ready than others. There are less people that are not ready. Um, and I think what that shows is that one there's an indication that yes, okay, I want to go back. We don't know what that means and how frequently people want to go back, but uh, I, I just find it interesting that uh, it's it is more and I don't know whether you're saying you're hearing that through your networks and that's sort of what uh, people are saying to you.
1: Well, I need to ask this question again. I think I will today on my live stream. It's been a few weeks since I have. It's it been a consistent question I've brought up again and again. I've tweaked the language a little bit each time. But the general consensus, the trend, I should say, in the early days, you know, when we started asking the question, maybe it was the April, May timeframe. And it was like, when will you be going back to the office? Or when will you feel ready to go back to the office? People were saying June, July, you know, then it was maybe Labor Day. And you would see that, you know, kind of split. I'd, ha- I'd have four or five responses and I'd see 20% a- among each. There was this div- divisiveness or this kind of across the board response to the question. And then as the summer dragged on and, and it became clear at the end of summer, kind of the time frame of this survey from Serendipity Labs, you know, that June, that July to now present day, For me, it's been the opposite trend. I've seen my audience saying, no, I don't want to come back. In fact, ask me in 2021 or after a vaccine is is wide, widely distributed. So I find that kind of interesting that in his, you know, and I I think there's it's how you phrase the question and how people hear the question. Do I want to get back and want to and do you want to be back in front of your colleagues and have that human connection and and experience something beyond the isolation and the virtual World that we have during our quarantine life, absolutely. But do you feel safe? Do you feel ready? How do you ask that question? And will you go back, or when will you go back, or when will you feel comfortable going back? Those are questions that all of a sudden say, "Well, no, ask me later. I'm not. I'm not there yet." But I think there's a desire, certainly among all of us, after seven months of either mostly isolation or, or almost for many people, all you know, disconnect from our in-person office interactions, there's a desire to get back at least part-time.
0: Yeah, yeah and I think it's, it's interesting because obviously with Sarah David Labs, they're spread across uh, geographies, right? So, you know, big presence in Georgia, New York, and, and multiple other locations throughout the U.S. I know they're trying to push into Europe as well. Um, so it's interesting that big cities, people do want to go back, and there is that intent. So I find that, I find that interesting as well. Um, so the third piece of our uh, first piece of content we wanted to look at today was uh, all around uh remote work. what positives can come out um and what, what positives do we think we've seen in the pandemic that actually could be a long term um i I find this really interesting uh, greater acceptance mm-hmm. of employee employers the benefits of remote work I think you know we we've talked about this in the past um I think perspectives have shifted dramatically. It's not just employers I think you almost put that employees have also appreciated, actually, we can work remotely, and they've seen the huge benefits of working remotely. But I was uh, surprised with that. But the digital tools um, surprised me, not surprised me, the adoption and flexibility that companies have shown to adoption of new technologies and the swiftness with which they've deployed a lot of those technologies.
1: Yeah. How did you read that, though? And I when I drilled down on that one particular area, I said, yeah, sure, digital tools and technology using that to make our remote work mm-hmm. life sustainable is great and i believe in that but there's something about this was this was a survey of hr professionals and it said right. they're able to monitor and you know search through the the communications and get more from that than they could in any in the other way i guess where people were in the office together talking you spent way
0: too long with me mate you spent way too long with me <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, am I onto something here, Steve?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know. I didn't go there. I didn't go there, but that's interesting. It's not to say I'm not absolutely saying you're but it's it's fascinating actually with that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: I um, see it. I see, again, technology tools as a positive to allow more yeah. control yeah. and choice for the employee. And yeah. for some reason, maybe I misread it, but there was something in that survey that that kind of signaled to me. This was about HR reps saying I have more, they have more control to monitor and I don't think it went, went into like the whole productivity monitoring of keystrokes and and things like that, looking over the shoulder digitally of their employees. If that was the case, I think that would be a a negative. I don't think that's a long term positive. Mm-hmm. I think the idea the first one was was very clear. The idea that if your employer pre pandemic was not open to remote work or flexibility of your work choices this has proven to them, hey, you are able to be productive and you are trustworthy and you can gain that level of um, uh, control over how you work best and, and make those choices depending on your day, depending on your responsibilities. And that was another positive in the results that said, you know, there has been a building of that culture of trust and kind of connection between employers and employees. And I'm sure that's the case for many organizations, but maybe not some organizations just haven't been able to resist the temptation to say, you must come back and I need you to give me a daily log of what you did, or I'm gonna be monitoring your keystrokes using some software. That, that lack of trust is something that I think will continue to be a problem for certain organizations, but the positive side and the, and the uh, results of this survey, uh, what I took away was that there are some very good silver linings to this pandemic life that we can hopefully build on going forward
0: yeah yeah and th- the other one that was, i find interesting was the increased uh attention and mental health i think there's an appreciation yeah. um related to that you know i think uh we often forget about what happens outside work and that attach that emotional thing from the human human side of things because we're in the office we're all there to do this one thing we have this one yeah. objective for the organization where today there is a clear appreciation of the mental side of things i think organizations most if not all have reacted really positively to this and uh, provided a lot of support for employees, um, for especially those who are struggling. But then also the appreciation of actually, you know, you as an individual, you, you need to do this for yourself. I mean, how, how long did people go without taking a vacation day from the moment of lockdown? Mm. It was a long time yep. and it was almost prescriptive from employers to actually encourage employees to actually take time for themselves. Take time to go away, just get out of the house, or do whatever it is you want to do. So I think I think that's a great benefit that's come out, and and I hope it's it it does it is sustained um, when we get back to uh, the new normal. We haven't said that in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to say that. In fact, <laughs> that's the name of uh, lori Rollinson's book. Have you seen this? Yeah, the uh, I did the new normal. I
0: did. Yeah, I saw I saw. And a
1: uh, I year recommend year. it highly, folks. I uh, yeah. you can get it on Amazon, Kindle for free if you're already a Kindle subscriber, but. I had the honor of being interviewed by Lori about that and some of the questions around the long-term impacts of this COVID-19 existence and the changes that will be happening in the workplace and the future of work. And boy, I hope that for the most part it is positive, but I just have this gut feeling that we're going to really be challenged in the next six months, a year, maybe longer, as some of the ramifications from the lockdown and from the, this sustained work from home situation. If we can't get people feeling comfortable coming back and we cannot create an environment where they uh, have that mindset where they're going to take some risk and come back into the, into the world and do it, do it safely. Do it obviously with all the protocols in place to, to make this something that we can uh, sustain long-term. I I think we've been running on adrenaline. A lot of my guests have said this and I won't take credit for it, but we can do a lot as human beings in the short term. When a crisis hits, we've proven that time and again, a crisis hits, people react, human beings are, are really resilient and are able to, you know, rise up to the occasion. But, but can you do it over months and even years? And how realistic is that, that we won't see some fallout? And I know there's reports of mental health problems hitting our young people, especially. Uh, the younger workers among us are, are probably feeling stunted in their careers, not able to grow, not able to get the, the mentorship and the um, experience that they need to move forward or feel like they're contributing in a positive way to the mission of an organization. And that's so essential to them and to all of us. So I, I want to keep an eye on it. I want to be that voice that is not afraid to to say, get help if you need it, uh, You know, h- help each other, um, use those available well-being resources that your organization is now highlighted and made available if they didn't have them before uh don't be afraid to do that and i think there's still going to be some some stigma about that but but we got to break through some of that if we're going to make through this in the long run
0: no i think it's a great 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 thing well said um it's a great way to to, to wrap this up uh mike it's been great to see you it's been great to awesome. chat with you once again and it sort of feels like we just, here. we just flipped we just swam right, right into to where we were so it was really really good so I, I appreciate it like riding, bike, to, like
1: riding a bike like riding a bike it's
0: like riding a bike it is it is and I'm looking forward to it on your live stream later today so I look forward to chatting with you later uh so folks thank you for your time thank you for your time today uh please do go check out opensourceworkplace.com, uh where you can see a lot of content all around workplace or so work workplace productivity and uh, if you like this and you hung around to the end. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, do consider subscribing. Hit that notification bell so you're alerted to all upcoming uh, videos that we will be going live with.